Hey, what it do, sports fans? Welcome to the Sports Live podcast brought to you by Multimedia Live. I'm Sboom Jigeli, so your host, and I will be joined by various guests on this exciting new podcast to discuss the latest ins and outs of the sporting world. I got broken dreams, I got broken dreams. I got broken dreams, I got broken dreams, man. I got broken dreams, I got broken dreams. I got broken dreams, I got broken dreams. Hey, yo, Ini Christian Khatebe. Yeah, that's the voice of Ini Khatebe, the fly half that you've just heard spitting some rhymes. It was quite a fiery district that he released last year, and I finally managed to catch up with him. To talk to him about what prompted him to write that song and record it and put it out there. It's quite amazing. Um, I think it's the first time that I've heard a rugby player actually go out on a limb and express himself in the way that Inihatebe has done putting it in song. And I have to tell you this, that boy has got some skills, yo. He's got some bars. Um, that aside... We had to talk about the rugby and uh, the article that I did was for SA Rugby Magazine. So if you want to read the full article on Inekhateb, a nice little exclusive that I've got there. Here, though, I want to give you a piece of what the interview was about and that's going to come up next. And just to tell you a little bit about this conversation in particular that we're having is we're talking about what actually prompted him to write and record a diss track where he pretty much goes in on the sharks it goes in on agents and a few things that were pushed along his career and of course the big transformation cloud that still lingers up over rugby at the moment and it was quite a fascinating conversation uh, just a word of warning the venue where we actually had the chat was at uh, so fresh barber shout out to them shout out to social so fresh barber out there in uh, Bryanston. Um, they let us use the venue so that we can record the interview so we can meet. It was a nice central point for myself as well as any. So we went there, we got some haircuts, we got we got so freshened up, uh, me and Inny, and we got to talking in this conversation about that distract, about his career coming out of Craven Week in 2013. Uh, playing for the Golden Lions, playing two years of Kevin Week, boy with a bullseye boot, coming out of St. Stephen's College as well, going on to play for UKZN MP, as well as UKZN under-19s, playing for the Sharks, and by 22, he was already capped. These are the things we spoke about, but do heed that little bit of a warning that there might be a little bit of chitter-chatter in the background, as well as a slight buzzing noise of the Clippers, of course, it being a barber, you do expect that you're going to hear some clippers in the background, but very, very soft background noise, and you can hear the interview in its entirety. But this is the conversation that I've had with Ini Khadeb. Again, for the full interview, get the latest issue of SA Rugby Magazine. It's got Bongi Bonambi in the cover, and it's got a few fascinating stories, just by the way, before I cross to this interview. Uh, if you haven't uh, heard about or listened to the Hilton Lobbits story, you have to absolutely read that one. That one is a jaw dropper as well. It's one of those where he really doesn't hold anything back, names players and coaches, um, well, mostly coaches that did him wrong. 
he talks about his dyslexia and how it affected him while he was playing and how it's affecting him even more now that uh, he's stopped playing and he's looking for a job because he doesn't have any skills and he didn't get any qualifications to do anything other than rugby. So a guy who's known rugby all his life. And this guy was a springbok at 20 years old, Hilton Lobbets, and now he's... I think he was in the training squad of the Stormers team beginning of the season or in preseason. Uh, John Dobson called him over, perhaps to have a look at his uh, physique and, and his assessment. But uh, Hilton Lobbett's a little long in the tooth now. And so, unfortunately, guys like Juano or Augustus, um, your Johan Dutoitz and, and all those fellas are definitely well ahead of him in the Stormers pecking order. But he's still in and around there. He might play some rugby at Hamilton's. I don't want to spoil the story for you. You need to get out there, read the latest SA Rugby magazine. But this is the conversation that I had with Eni Khadeb. I got broken dreams, I got broken dreams. I got broken dreams, I got broken dreams, man. I got broken dreams, I got broken dreams. I got broken dreams. I started playing rugby now, I'm out just spitting rhymes. Man, these haters always tell me that I'm never gonna shine. I'm here to claim the game, here to take what's mine. I'm here to tell my story because you know that it's my time. Thanks for coming through and chatting to me. Uh, thanks for having me. It's been, it's been a crazy couple of days since uh, we uh, caught on to your uh, little, little rap thing yeah. <laughs> uh, going on. So what sort of influenced that yeah. that particular video? How long have you, when, when was it done and how long have you been keeping it in the bank? Yeah, so I mean, uh, my, my story happened about two years ago. So I've been quiet for two years about it. Yeah. Haven't really like publish it out there I haven't really told it to the public yeah. um, but my family obviously knows my close friends know about it um, and this year I got to Rovers uh, so I was playing for college Rovers early in the year uh, in Durban and I started chatting to a couple of guys that I played with when I was yeah. still with the Sharks um, and I just got to chatting about their stories and how they ended up at Rovers and that sort of opened my eyes that or to the fact that so many good players are being lost in the system. Dude, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys who are 25, 26 years old, uh, a year prior to that, they were contracted to Western Province or the Lions or wherever it may be. Yeah. And then a year later, they find themselves out yeah. in the rugby wilderness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that opened my eyes to, to the reality of this situation that we're in. Um, and so during the Murray Cup, uh, with Rovers in Durban, I started writing and music has always been something that I've been passionate about. Uh, it's always been a hobby of mine, something to do outside of rugby to keep me busy. Um, so I started writing this song, uh, just about my own personal experience. Um, and the more I chatted to mates of mine, the more I chatted to people who have been at that top level, uh, the more realistic it became and the more the trend started developing. So I started this song about three, four months ago. Yeah. Um, and I was actually, I finished it about three, four months ago. So it took me about two weeks to write. Yeah. Um, and I was just sitting on it. I didn't know whether I should post it or not. I didn't want to, you know, get myself in a situation where I'm in a corner and I'm in trouble and all the, all the yeah. attention is on me. Um, but the, like I say, the more I chatted to other guys who have been through my experience, the more 
I felt like I needed to post it. Um, so yeah, I finished it about three, four months ago. Uh, yeah, from support of, of family members and close friends, they sort of encouraged me to go out and post the video. Uh, I knew it would get some attention. I thought it would just sort of engage my followers that I have on social media. But I never expected it to get as big as it did um, and reach a wider audience. So it eventually got a little bit big. Um, and yeah, man, I just think it's... And the support that I've received from that video has yeah. been massive. It's been... Yo, it really has been unbelievable and the messages that I'm getting from people saying like yo this needed to be said um, so many yeah. of us are going yeah. through the same thing it needed to be said but nobody's saying it so I just felt like it was the right time um, and yeah so yeah that's how I got to, got to write <laughs> it's out there now Rob, that, yeah. um, you were playing Super Sport Rugby Challenge yeah. beginning of the year right? yeah and uh, you said some stuff about the sharks. Didn't they come back to you yeah. and say, "Dude, what? Like, yeah. what's up with that?" Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. I think, yeah, I never, never heard back from the sharks after I said those things. Um, but I mean, I know that this video has maybe hurt a lot of people and it yeah, stepped on yeah. some toes and aggravated a few people. But that was my intention. Um, my intention was to create debate. Right. I want people to yeah, start yeah. talking about the issues that are just being swept under the rug. Yeah. Um, and it's been happening for so long that it's time to actually start changing it. You know, so I never heard back about what I spoke about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's something that needed to be said, uh, not just from a personal point of view, but for so many players out there that yeah. are experiencing the same thing. So I'm. Um, I've made peace with the fact that I may never play professional rugby again and it's something that I've prayed about, it's something that I've chatted to my family about and I've made peace with it because maybe that's not God's path for me. Yeah. Maybe I can influence the game by doing something like what I've done, by posting a video, by um, highlighting all the indiscrepancies within the rugby system that we have in our country yeah. um, and helping future generations to not experience the same problems and the same issues that I've had to go through. That was my intention for posting the video, um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can start a discussion and get some momentum behind it and start changing the game. Why to me that? But 24, 25 years old. Yeah. When are you turning 25? Uh, in January. Only in January. Yeah, so I'm 24. That is wild to me man, <laughs> that you already thinking about maybe the the doors yeah. are closing right mm. now when yeah. you should when you should be really up there uh, yeah. sort of being maybe next generation yeah. uh, guys who are fighting for spring yeah. places for instance because yeah. I know there will be a lot of, yeah. a lot of changes mm. post World Cup yeah. which always happens yeah, yeah. in the new cycle you should be at the very least mm. part of the new cycle of yeah. guys who are playing regularly yeah. fighting for a spot yeah. uh, super rugby yeah. uh, place and it's crazy to me that yeah. You're already thinking about, you know, maybe I need to cut my losses in yeah. the game, right? Mm. Yeah, no, it, it is crazy. Um, but again, you know, like, uh, I've been doing a lot of soul searching in the past yeah. years and been reading a lot of similar stories, yeah. but in different sports, guys who have gone through difficulties. Um, and why I enjoy music so much is because you can tell a story. Yeah. And if someone doesn't like it, they don't have to listen to it. Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. like you're forcing it upon somebody to listen to it. So I listen to rappers like Joyner Lucas, J. Cole, and that's yeah. why my sort of flow in the rap yeah, is yeah. like similar to what they similar to what they do. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I enjoy telling a story through my music. Um, 
And if you look at those guys' backgrounds, they also didn't have it easy. Yeah. So there was a time when Jonah Lucas was out on the street, didn't have anything, um, and was also ready to give up, uh, turned to music, started telling his story and gained momentum from that. Yeah, so yeah. if I can a influence rugby, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I can tell a story through my music and change rugby at the same time, then I'm more than happy to do that. Even if it means that I don't get all the glory in the rugby, on the rugby platform. Are you still, are you still mates with uh, KG? Yeah, 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 we're still good friends. We yeah. catch up every now and then, yeah. He's um, also musically inclined. Yeah, yeah. So I think you guys picked up at school. Or? I think so. Uh, we both did drama at school. Oh, and right. I think that's uh, where that sort of stemmed from. Um, uh, yeah, so we did drama at school. And yeah, I think it's just a form of expression, a form of getting away from the game and the professional environment yeah. and all the pressures that come with that. So yeah, it's chill to just get away, put some headphones on, play a track and just see what, what you can come up yeah, with in the moment. Yeah. I think that's dope. Yeah, no, it's cool. And on the, on the topic of your, of your career, um, you broke through fairly young. Uh, a lot of people see, saw and still see your career as like you were one of the talented guys that came through, especially in your career in the year. Um, and then under 20 year, uh, there were questions of injuries and, and things didn't really go exactly as planned, but how did you, how did you kind of like um, plan your rugby career? such a young age whereby a lot of things were probably going your way yeah you know from from, from the beginning yeah i think it's really tough it really is tough and if you look at the modern game um it's becoming more professional from a younger age yeah so guys at 17 18 years old are being offered contracts or professional contracts um yeah to to go and join a union as soon as they matriculate so it's really tough i think you need a good support system around you um yeah, so family, close friends are really important. Um, yeah. Mentors are really important. I mean, I was lucky enough to have a few guys when I got to the Sharks. Yeah. I was lucky enough to have a few guys who saw my potential and were willing to give me sort of, or be sort of a sounding board and yeah. to sort of protect me from the outside influences because there are a lot. There's a lot that can go wrong at such a young age in a professional environment with all the pressures that come with it. There's so much that can go wrong. Um, and I had a few guys who were able to sort of direct me in the right direction, um, or to steer me. Um, guys like Teram Tembu, uh, Odwan Lingani, Keegan Daniel. Um, so guys like that who, were, who saw something in an 18-year-old boy, uh, saw potential, saw a shining light, and were willing to just offer up their experiences, offer up their advice. And I think that helped a massive, massive amount. And then also just my family. So. Yeah, to my family, I was still just <laughs> the baby of the family. Um, even though I was, you know, I was, I was out there on TV every week, yeah, yeah. you know, on a big platform. So, yeah, I think you just need to have a good support system around you. Um, and then also, I mean, I also learned a lot of lessons early on in my professional career uh, that now I'm really grateful for. Um, you know, I don't regret any decisions that I've made. Um, even if I don't play professional rugby again, I don't regret any of the decisions that I've made because I feel I'm at a place where I needed to go through those things. I needed to experience what I've experienced. It's going to make me a better person. It's going to make me a better character. And if, if God willing, I do play professional rugby again, it's going to make me a better rugby player as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Right now, you contract contracted anyway. 
no, so I'm planning on heading back to Durban next year to play for College Rovers. Um, yeah, so next year is another Gold Cup year, so it's big for them. Okay, and yeah. then hopefully I can contribute to, to some success there as well. Overseas, have you heard anything maybe on that front? Uh, nothing, nothing as of yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, I also, just with the rugby side of things, I think taking the step back or being knocked off a, a pedestal um, has helped me a lot. It's helped me work on the little things in my game that probably weren't good enough to be at Super Rugby level or Curry Cup level. And it's given me an opportunity to go back and sit down and just put all my energy into making sure that I'm the best player I can be. So sorting out all of those little weaknesses or work-ons, if you want to call it that. Um, and yeah, I mean, this year at Rovers has given me a lot of confidence. Uh, played some good rugby, I believe. Played some good rugby, made some good friends, and that's what rugby is about. You know, just building relationships and such a short career, you're not going to be able to do this forever. So... Yeah, for now I'm just living in the moment, playing my best rugby and making as many friends and memories as I can. Speaking of short, you've already had a year in which you weren't active. Really. You just you weren't playing the game. Yeah. Was that due to injury? Because I was told you also had a knee yeah. uh, problem. Yeah. Uh, which I don't know if it did it develop at the Lions or did the Lions pick it up? Where has it had developed with the Sharks? So it was a thing where I was playing for the Sharks in 2017 yeah. or in 2016. I picked up a lateral meniscus injury against Border, um, yeah. went in for surgery, came out of that surgery fine, uh, did all my rehab, got up back got back onto the field and I played some good rugby. Yeah. Um, and then in 2017 I was lucky enough to make my, my Super Rugby debut for the Sharks, um, yeah, which I'm forever grateful for because yeah. uh, I've had the opportunity to live my dream. Yeah. Um, made my Super Rugby debut and then went up to take a high ball against the Aguirres in Durban. Yeah. Uh, came down and fell a bit awkwardly um, and obviously damaged that same spot that I, yeah. that I had surgery on. Uh, so that's where the knee problem sort of started. Um, around about April in 2017. Mm. I was laid off and did rehab for about three months. Um, but it was nothing serious. I didn't have to go for surgery. It was just I had re-damaged that, that same, that exact same spot. So I had damaged it again. Needed to go and do some rehab on it. Uh, spent three yeah, three months out of the game. Um, but then later that year, I came back stronger. I came back in the Curry Cup in 2017. Um, and I played a full season of Curry Cup with the Sharks. So, the Lions then referenced back to an old MRI scan that I had when my knee was still in its sort of infant stage of, of injury. Um, and that was their reference and that's where everything got mixed up. And according to that MRI, I needed surgery, but that MRI was taken a year before. Um, so it yeah, wasn't a year before. So it wasn't. So it wasn't a real assessment of yeah. What so of the where I was, was yeah. Like yeah, at the at time. The time yeah. You had played. Yeah, the yeah. yeah I played a full Curry Cup season with the Sharks. I yeah. was training every day. I was playing. So so yeah, it didn't really make sense. We tried to fight the case. We tried to get references from specialists that I'd seen about the knee. To get a current yeah. assessment. Yeah, to get yeah. a current assessment. Spoken to the Sharks doctors to send a reference through to the Lions, um, and yeah, I suppose. It's just all, yeah, 
just all fall into, fall to ashes. Then that's what then created that. Yeah, and then limo, yeah. Yeah. left left the sharks. Left the sharks. Lines didn't take me on, and I was Dude, there left. are 14 millions in this country, though. Are you yeah. telling me that not even one could say come yeah. through? Well, I suppose what I've heard is that the Lions are probably one of the most strict on their medicals, one of the most strict unions in the country on their medicals. And when the Lions said, no, his knee is not 100%, I think everybody else jumped on board and said, if the Lions are saying he's not good enough or he's not ready to play, then, then, we're, then, also not yeah, then we're also not going to take a chance or take a risk. So, Crazy, man. Like, mm. there's unions without yeah. Yeah. A fly without, mm. yeah. you know, yeah. and the crate, yeah. And then, okay. and then yeah. yeah, they'll pass up a very good one, yeah. like uh, yeah. a junior Springbok for, mm. yeah. yeah, I don't want yeah. to say, but I do feel like, yeah. you know what, screw it, right? Like, for instance, look at the Kings, for yeah. it, right? Mm. Um, they've had to refresh their squad, yeah. got new investors and whatnot who are black, yeah. and then they go and get Dimitri Kachukilis. Yeah. No disrespect, he is very injury prone, mm. right? And he is a whole lot older. Yeah. And you know what you get from Dimitri yeah. Kachukilis, yeah. Yeah. right? Mm. And so now, you and, and he's going to come with a European salary because yeah. he's coming yeah. from the yeah, UK. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So he's going to yeah. demand a certain yeah. level of salary. And are you telling me that you can't look in the country first to say, okay, sure. if we're doing this, yeah. sure. let's let's see what the options yeah. are in the yeah. country. And then from there, if indeed we yeah. are maxed out, then no, we for can sure. go and yeah. bring him back to the No, for sure, I get you. And a lot of like what I was fighting for, especially last year. So yeah. the Lions thing happened uh, towards the end of 2017. And then 2018 was a year where I was trying to get myself strong and fit and prove myself to other unions. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And so we knocked on the doors of a few unions. Uh, province, for example, the Pumas, the Griquas. So we knocked on yeah. a few doors. Um, the Bulls, for example. And it was all about, okay, yes, the Lions have said my knee needs surgery, which it didn't. Um, but give me an opportunity to show you that I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. fit, I'm ready, I can play like a full season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Give me a tournament, give me six months, give me a three-week trial, give me whatever you need to give me. For me, it's not about the money. And that's what I say in the, in, the, in the song and in the video. It's not about the money or the crowds or the fame. I literally just want to do this because it's something that has been embedded in me since yeah, yeah. birth, basically. You know, as I came out, my older brother is the reason I started playing rugby. Yeah. And that's the reason I do this, is because I love it. It's because I love the physical confrontation of it. I love taking defenders on, beating people, putting people into space. That's what I love. I, I don't care about the money. And that's why I say 2018 was literally trying to find an opportunity somewhere. Yeah, and it yeah. was literally, I don't care about the money. Pay me the bare minimum. Yeah. Even if it's for six months, pay me the bare minimum. Give me six months to prove to you that yeah. the knee is not a problem. I've still got that ability. I can still be a game winner for you. Yeah. And just give me an opportunity and I'll show that to you. And if I do well, you contract me long term. If not, then you, you know, we, at least we tried. You gave yeah, me an opportunity yeah, yeah. and at least you tried. So, yeah, it's just frustrating. No it's just really frustrating. No takers. No takers. Wow. So, yeah. So, it, yeah. But, yeah, that's why I say maybe playing the game is not for me, maybe influencing the game yeah, off-field, yeah. behind the scenes, maybe that's for me.
That was my interview with Eni Khadebe, fly half, um, former fly half of the Sharks, who I'm hoping will get a second or third bite at the cherry in terms of professional rugby. Really sad that, you know, looking at the makeup of the franchise teams, both in Pro 14 as well as in this year's Super Rugby competition, that nobody can find a place for Eni Khadebe to be in the squad. He can play fullback and he can play fly half yet. You've got some pretty inept guys who are holding on to those number 10 positions and doing nothing tangible with those opportunities. And there's a, here's a guy, won the Murray Cup, like I said in the interview, uh, for College Rovers, uh, playing against Durban Collegians. And what I saw there is that uh, the kid still got it. He's still got uh, the ability that, that much is without a doubt. And he says that his knee um, is is all right, and he wants to prove himself. He wants to prove that he can play. He wants, you know, anybody to chuck him a bone. And I think there's enough space there in the Sharks squad for for them to call him up. He is in Durban. He will be playing for College Rovers this year, and hopefully, somebody does snap him up. It is unfortunate that his career. Uh, was hampered by the injury that he had, of course, in the bungle that happened between the Golden Lions and the Sharks in terms of contracting him. And uh, yeah, there's a lot in that story. And like I said, for more, the latest SA Rugby magazine, Bongin Bonambi in the cover, on the cover, yeah, that's where you'll find this Ini Khadebe interview. But before I close off, I want to give a shout out to the Proteus women's team for a sensational victory on Sunday against England at the T20 Women's World Cup that's currently on the go. And I, I want us to hear a little bit from the T20 uh, ladies who who were unbelievable, um, if, I, if I can say so as a South African. I watched the game, I watched it in full. Uh, luckily, it was playing at a reasonable hour uh, here in South Africa. And it was around about one o'clock here. It was on Sunday. And just the way they bowled, Dene Fanika with her, with her spin, Ayabonga Kaka with a medium to, to, to fast pace, her variation as well. She, she was very, very good. Um, and then the, the, the batters as well. I think, uh, Lizelle Lee, uh, as well as Dene really set up the platform for the chase. And then, you know, Mignon Dupre came on and it was time to finish the job off. And she did that in spectacular fashion. Some of the catching was absolutely sensational. And I think, you know, uh, Hilton Mureng and company, uh, everybody involved with the women's team at the moment. And of course, the Proteus women's team did make the semifinals of the last 50 over World Cup. So... This is a great step forward, a leap forward, in fact, to beat England, whom they'd never beaten in an ICC-sanctioned event. So to beat them for the first time, that was absolutely, absolutely breathtaking. And I hope this then propels them to go even further forward going into the competition. Right, and this is Mignon Dupreer talking about how great it was to finally Get one over England. Listen to this little snippet coming in from the T20 Women's World Cup. Mignon Dupre. Yeah, 
must say, you can see the smile on my face. It's it's nice to finally be able to beat them in an ICC tournament. Um, this is the seventh one I've played in, and we haven't actually gotten close. Um, like you mentioned, there has been a few nightmares in the past, but to finally put that behind us and um, to move forward is really exciting. No, I think it was. It, it's definitely crucial for us. Um, I think we've always known how strong we are, and we know within the team we've got match winners, and we know we've got one of the best bowling attacks in the world, but sometimes at these events we haven't really showed what we're capable of. So to finally do that, I think it's one of those things where we kind of, if you had a monkey on the back, it's now done and dusted, and I think this would just give us the boost we need to know we can go it. Because we said this year around, we want to go one step further than the semi-finals and take a World Cup trophy home. I think for us this time around is it's one of those things you don't need to touch base on it. We know that that's the reality, but for us, I think this year around, we just decided that we want to spend a lot more focus. That's it for me, Spoom Chigeliso, and you've been listening to the Sports Live podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Do also catch us on timeslive.co.za, as well as Sowetan Live, Business Live. We are also on Iono FM, the Apple Podcast Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. It could be Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, Pocket Cast, wherever. To connect with us, please use the hashtag Sports Live. Share your comments with us at Times Live or at Sowetan Live on Twitter. A big thank you goes out to the multimedia live team led by Scott Peter Smith and producer Paige Muller, as well as the Tiso Black Star Digital Sports Department, headed by Mninawa Mchana Ntoko. Our sound and audio mixer is Innocent Manike. From us at the Sports Live podcast, it's goodbye for now. <laughs>